1: If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at net. Well, we're back with another Paul Freeze episode, and this time we have an episode of The Player for you, and the title is It's All in the Deal.
0: It was the height of the resort season in Palm Island. Weasel Everett sat in deep thought on one of the expensive divans in the spacious Park Lane Lobby. Almost ruefully, he studied his fingertips, the realization that it had been too long a time between manicures, being especially painful, the one who is always so fastidious about such things. He looked at his shoes, sparkling with a new shine, but still bearing the unmistakable signs of wear. They were good shoes, he thought, but badly in need of replacement. All in all, the world had lost its rosy glow, he speculated. No glamour in such a state of affairs. But as Weasel himself had so often put it, it's all in the deal. He sighed and stood up at the approach of a short, slight gentleman, prominent in a black-checked, white linen jacket.
2: Morning, Slip. Morning, Weasel.
0: what do you say to a nice stroll on a boardwalk before breakfast? Breakfast? Listen, boss, you kidding? Slip, my boy, one thing you'll find is that Weasel Everett never kids about food. I got a buck and a sales tax to go with it, and that should buy orange juice and pancakes for the both of us at the nearest hamburger emporium. Come on, let's blow. And so begins another play, as told by the player, America's most versatile actor, Mister Paul Freeze, who will continue after a brief message from your announcer. And here is your star, the player, Mr. Paul Fries How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is the player welcoming you to our presentation of It's All in the Deal. Weasel Everett and Slip Franklin stroll down the long promenade to the small open-air sandwich stand. Minutes later, with full stomachs, both of them were in much better spirits. Weasel took a deep breath of the stimulating sea breeze before he spoke. Well, Slip, my boy. Things could be much worse. This morning I was feeling very sorry for myself. And you know, now I regret it very much. I don't know, boss.
2: This scuffing business for Harry Crane and his club casino just ain't paying off. We get patrons for a clump casino, the patrons get clipped, and we get
0: clipped, too, at five dollars a head. I think you're probably right about finding some more remunerative enterprise and doing contact work for Harry Crane at five bucks a head. And this afternoon, I'm going to the races as the guest of one Jacob Winterbottom. He's a writer. Hey, them writers make big dough, don't they? And, uh, you and him are
2: going to the races?
0: I am accompanying him as his guest... Now, depending on the way things go, I plan to put the genteel touch on Mr. Winterbottom for a sawbuck or a double sawbuck. And if I should get lucky and wind up with a small bankroll, we could get out of the financial clutches of Mr. Harry Crane and start freelancing again. In the meantime, we at least have our hotel room paid up for a week in advance, and so we're not so bad off. Yeah, you know, that's right, boss.
2: Things is bound to take a turn in the
0: upwards. Yeah. Well, here we are, Slip. I'll be back from the races about 6 o'clock. Weasel Everett turned away from the doorway of the Park Lane Hotel in the direction of the Café Plaza for his appointment with Jacob Winterbottom, the writer. It was early that evening when Weasel returned to the room at the Park Lane Hotel. He opened the door to find Slip Franklin sitting on the bed playing solitaire. Slip dropped the cards in his hands in surprise as Weasel walked into the room. Hey,
2: boys, you look wonderful. You've been, uh, reconditioned.
0: Refibished is the word Slip, my boy. A new jacket, new shoes, a shave, a manicure. Yep. They will do it every time.
2: Well, uh, what happened, boss?
0: Nothing less than a stroke of good fortune arrived in the person of Jacob Winterbottom. We went to the races. Mr. Winterbottom accepted without question the fact that I'd forgotten my billfold. He loaned me a nominal sum, which I proceeded to run into six winner on a tidy bankroll of, catch this, 947 bucks. Weasel Everett reached a hand into a pocket to produce irrefutable evidence. But, uh, as the saying goes, this is only the beginning, Slip. Only the beginning. I've uh, discovered Mr. Winterbottom to be a gambling gentleman. And I've induced him to join us in a friendly game of poker tonight.
2: Hey, boss,
0: now you're speaking my language. That's precisely what I had in my slip. And after giving it considerable thought, I've decided that long, about 12 o'clock, you shall deal, Mr. Winterbottom, your own masterpiece. The Missouri Liz. Slip Franklin beamed.
2: The Missouri Liz? eh? There's nothing I love to deal better. Gee, thanks, boss.
0: Yeah. We will give Mr. Winterbottom the usual build-up. Perhaps the first eight or ten pots just to whet his appetite. And then, wham, you deal the Missouri Liz.
2: There's only one thing about this that bothers me, boss. Mr. Winterbottom comes through in a clutch for us today at the races when things is really at low ebb. You know, it seems a little bit underhanded to put the burn on him in a poker game. Nah, Slip, you're taking a
0: wrong viewpoint. Mr. Winterbottom is very much in the fat. Why, today at the races, he showed me an advance check for $1,500 on a series he's writing for a magazine. So pray have no qualms of conscience. Mr. Winterbottom is a nice guy, and I'm sure he can afford to share a part of that which the fates and fortune have so generously bestowed upon him. Yeah, you're right, boss.
2: It's uh, sort of like uh, donating it to charity that... uh... Or something, I mean, when he gives us, you know, part of... Exactly.
0: Now, uh, let's get down to dinner. Weasel and Slip hurried through their first real dinner in a long time in order to get back to the room before Mr. Winterbottom arrived. It was nearly nine o'clock before they heard a knock on the door. Well, good evening, Mr. Winterbottom. Come right in. Good evening, Mr. Everett. Uh, Mr. Winterbottom, I would like to have you meet a uh, casual good friend of mine, Mr. Franklin.
2: The uh, pleasure's all mine, Mr. uh, Winterbottom, I assure you. All mine. Yes, I'm very glad to know you, Mr. Franklin. Well, are there
0: just the three of us in a poker mine tonight? (laughs) Uh, yeah, we ransacked the place for more poker players, but I'm afraid they spent all their loot at the races today. I'll accept you and me, Everett. I think after today we ought to move right out there. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Well, what do you say, uh, gentlemen? Uh, shall we get started? The well, three men sat down at the table, Mr. Winterbottom in between Weasel and Slip. Weasel rolled up his sleeves and loosened his collar. Uh, what uh, limit do you suggest, Mr. Winterbottom? Well, uh, let's make it a $2 limit. That way no one can get hurt very badly. Weasel and Slip nodded agreement, and the big game started. The first six or seven pots turned unerringly in the direction of Mr. Winterbottom's side of the table, as Slip warmed to his work to perfection. Both Slip and Weasel noticed how pleased the man between them was, and both took his good-natured kidding with a grin. When Mr. Winterbottom suggested a 12 o'clock limit on the game, it was almost time to cash in the chips. Slip prepared to deal the coup d'etat, the Missouri Liz. By mutual agreement, it was decided to raise the ante to five dollars on the last pot. With the trained hands of the master, Slip ruffled the cards. Then after Weasel's cut, he began to deal. Five cards around, draw poker. To Mr. Winterbottom went four aces and another card. To Weasel, the eight, nine, ten and jack of clubs, an open straight flush, which he would have to fill. On the top of the deck, the next two cards were the Seven of Clubs and the Queen of Clubs. Slip-strained fingers had put them there in the shuffle, and both men knew that if Mr. Winterbottom played a pat hand, Weasel would get the Seven of Clubs to fill his straight flush. If Mr. Winterbottom drew one card, Weasel would still get the Queen of Clubs to fill. Mr. Winterbottom smiled as he opened the pot. I'll uh, open for the limit, gentlemen. Weasel looked thoughtfully at his cards before he spoke. Well, uh, Mr. Winterbottom, I'm afraid I'll just have to raise that. Slip dropped out and the raising went back and forth and back and forth until the center of the table was covered with chips and the last raise had been called. Slip called for the cards. Well, uh, gentlemen, how many cards will it be? I, uh, believe I'll take two cards, please. Two cards? Yes. Two cards, please. Slip's hand trembled as he dealt the two cards. Weasel got very sick very suddenly. He turned a suspicious eye on Slip as Mr. Winterbottom bet. I, uh... I'm forced to bet the limit. Five dollars. I, uh, can't call you. I didn't fill. Mr. Winterbottom triumphantly laid down three aces. Weasel's hand reached for the discards to reveal the fourth ace as Mr. Winterbottom began to stack his chips. But, uh... Mr. Winterbottom, you discarded an ace. What kind of poker playing is that? Well, according to my last article, the one I showed you the advance check on, it's the only
2: kind of poker to play when you get a hand like this one. <laughs> you see, the article was
0: written about card shops.
2: I called it It's All in the Deal. <laughs>
0: And that's another play by the player, your one-man theater, Paul Freeze, who portrays all of the parts. Mr. Freeze will return after a short visit with your announcer. In the deal was written by Rich Hall and produced by Sam Kerner with music composed and performed by Rami Idris. special effects by Fred Cole. Your announcer was Gary Goodwin. Won't you join us again when we present another exciting story for your entertainment? This is the player, Paul Freeze, saying goodbye. Until next we meet.
1: Welcome back. Well, a good story where... These two card sharps learned what happened if someone gets wise to their schemes. And I love the way that the writer foiled their efforts. And I I think every writer out there who might be listening to this episode let out a little bit of cynical laughter at the uh, con man's idea that writers make a lot of money. Although this one seemed to be doing pretty well in the magazine feature writing. Again, this is uh, one of those really kind of basic but well done stories. Not particularly high stakes. The writer walks away with a few hundred bucks of their money. And they have to find another way to get out from under the guy that they've uh, been saddled with uh, working for. Well, now we have listener comments and feedback and Hank writes uh, on YouTube, thanks, Paul Fries has one of... The great noticeable voices that I've enjoyed forever. Well, thanks so much, Hank. And definitely, he has been such a big part of so many people's lives and childhoods. So it's fun to hear him get this opportunity in this radio series. Well, that will actually do it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with our final Frank Graham episode.